Good morning, church. Good morning, morning, saints. Good morning, sinners. It's important to know our position before a Lord who is full of truth and grace. Amen? We identify with being saints this morning, but we know we're imperfect that we sin. But that is all made right through Jesus Christ, right? We continue on with our sermon series, Hope. Before we get started this morning, though, I need to remind you that we will uh, be having our in-home small Bible group uh, study this evening. Uh, back on the board uh, is a list of groups, and if you're not signed into one of those groups, I want to encourage you to sign up for that. And we're going to meet in uh, Elkins, in Fayetteville, and in Farmington. There are groups to meet at tonight to worship and study God's Word together and share in each other's life and also to provide an opportunity for those who, who would like to bring someone in who might be a little skittish about darkening the doors of a church but would come in to a home and learn with others. I want to encourage you to, uh, to do that and become part of that. Uh, we start as early as uh, I heard this morning. Some groups were going to start at 4.30. Is that right? Groups at four, start at four. So if driving at night is an issue, you can meet with David's group. They're going to start at four. Uh, Out in Farmington, we're going to start at five. Lance, we're going to start your group at the Freemans at 5.30. The Keens are going to be at six. Imagine that, the Keens are the latest one. (laughs) And all that goes with that. (laughs) Hope. I hope you'll enjoy tonight. It really is a good time to get together. Hope. That anchor, that anchor for the soul. The key question today is, how do I deal with the hardships and the struggles of life? And I hope the answer for you is, I can cope with the hardships of life because of the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. Amen? Our key scripture this morning is a little long. It's found in Romans 5, 2 and 5. And I'm going to use this verse twice in the lesson. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God in being in the presence of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This morning, we have a four-point sermon, recognizing our need for hope. The sources of false hope, because they're out there, right? We see them all the time. Number three, the source of true hope. And what difference does hope make in our lives? First, recognizing our need for hope. Life without hope is suffering with no end. Anna and I went on a ride uh, not too many years ago, to Winfrey Valley. 
Now, if you know where Winfrey Valley is, this story will mean a whole lot more to you. We were going to ride from Winfrey Valley to where the road splits all the way to sunset. And so we started out, and as we started, it had been a long time since I had been on that road. Matter of fact, Gabby, the last time I'd been on that road before then, Gabby was so small that I can remember setting her up in the steering wheel of the truck and letting her ride the steering wheel. So I had forgotten a lot about this road, uh, but as we, as we went up that road, it began to get really steep. But I knew that at the end of this road, there's a place called Flat Rock, and you can see forever. The, the, the view off of Flat Rock is amazing. If you've ever been there, it really is just a gorgeous place, looking down into the valley. And as we began to ride up that hill, it began to get steeper and steeper. It began to get so steep that you, you really you wanted to stand up to pedal, but if you got off if you got off the back seat and put too much weight on the front tire, the back tire would spin. That's how steep it began to get. And after a while of riding about a mile in these kind of conditions, Anna says, how much further do you think it'll be, Keith? And I, panting and gasping for breath, answered her, oh, just, just you, see where the, you see where the road curves up there? Just around that corner, it'll top out. And so about a mile and a half later, we get to that top out, we think, to that curve in the road, and guess what? It gets worse. And we ride that for about a mile. And she's asking me, when is this going to end? And I keep saying, well, just around that corner, just around that corner and six and a half miles later and 1200 feet of elevation it topped out into the beautiful scenery that we saw at Flat Rock. I love what Randy Frazee has to say about hope. He says if faith begins the journey then hope ends the journey. Hope is absolutely knowing where the road of faith will end. It is being confident of where the story concludes. Hope gives us the ability to endure the hardships and the difficulties along the road of life. We walk in hope of where the road leads. I want to, for you to see the need of hope. And the best way I know to do this is to write an antonym, the opposite of Romans 5, 2 through 5. So if you don't mind allowing me to rewrite the scripture in the reverse to what it, life looks like without hope, read along with me. Without him, we can't obtain access into the grace, so we fail. And we are desperate without the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we despair in our sufferings, knowing that suffering without hope produces weakness, and weakness produces corruption, and corruption produces sin, and sin puts us to shame because God's love cannot be found in our hope, in our lives. That is life without hope. Paul tells the Corinthians, 
we have this treasure in jars. That's the spirit living in us in, in these earthen vessels. These, these, as Paul says sometimes, this tent. We're in, we're in these fragile jars. Our spirit and the spirit of God are in these fragile jars of clay. To show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now listen to what hope does for us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. In Matthew 10, 28, Christ says, Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. What you really ought to be afraid of, Don, is the one who can destroy the body and the soul. This morning, we should have this hope. It's going to be pressed down. We're going to be confused, but we're never going to despair. We're going, we're, we're going to be hurt and left, but we're never going to be abandoned because the Spirit lives in us. And, and while we have these jars of clay, that's okay because the Spirit is in us and we know where we're going. We never despair because of this hope. Number two, let's talk about the source of false hope. Hope in the wrong thing always, always disappoints, doesn't it? Hope in the wrong thing always disappoints. Paul tells the Romans, For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. If you can feel it, touch it, taste it, grow it in a Petri dish, Look, under at, look at it under a microscope or see it through a telescope. If you can see it and you put your hope in it, that's no hope at all. A false hope. I could tell you a lot about different types of false hope this morning, but in the United States, in, in our culture, in, in Fayetteville, USA this morning, I, I see three that are outstanding. The hope that people put in riches, the hope that people put in people, and the hope that some put in nationality. And I think that where we're at in our culture, these are three hopes that are false hopes. First, false hope is found in riches. Solomon says, riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. Riches won't help you on the day of judgment. David, who has seen many kings, many giants come and fall, many kings and rulers come and go, says, do not put your trust in prince and a princess or human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground, and on that very day, their plans come to nothing. Folks, David had seen a lot of great people 
come to rule. And as soon as they died, everything that they were about, everything that they were trying to do, went away. If we put our hope in people, we're going to be disappointed. Peter's standing before the Sanhedrin. The peer pressure must be amazing. They're wanting him to renounce Jesus Christ. Stop preaching Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. And Peter tells them salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter wants them to understand and wants us to understand this morning. No one, no person can save you. Only Christ Jesus. False hope is also found a lot of times with many people in nationality or government. This is nothing new, nothing, nothing new to the human condition. You see, Israel wanted to put their hope in another nation and not in God. And so the Assyrians were going to attack. And so what the Israelites did is they ran off down to Egypt and tried to make a, a war treaty with them so the Egyptians would come and fight. And they started to put their hope and trust in another government, in another nation. And Isaiah comes to them and says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of chariots and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look for the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. But the Egyptians are all mere mortals and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, those who will help will stumble. Those who are helped will fall. All will perish together. In Lamentations, we're told, moreover, our eyes failed, looking in vain for help from our towers. We watched for a nation that could save us. November 9th, Wednesday, November 9th of this month, Apparently, 48% of the nation woke up disappointed and upset, and Facebook exploded, and the media went wild because some people had put their hope in their government, in the governmental process, and it had let them down. And the hate that was spewed and the, the trying to, to, to be ugly, both online and in the media, was amazing because people were totally disappointed with the way things went. At least 48% of them were. Folks, anytime we put our hope in nationality or in government, we are going to be sorely disappointed. Those are false senses of hope. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the United States. I think the United States is the greatest, the greatest nation on earth. 
And I think that our government is the least evil government ever devised by men. But if I start to put my hope and my trust in a government or in a nation, then I'm resting my hope in a false hope. Because no matter what morning you wake up, every time you wake up, Jesus Christ and your Lord is in control. That's where our hope is. The source of true hope. The promises of God, the salvation of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's the source of true hope. First, the promises of of God. Paul tells the Philippians, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus, we're going to receive all the blessings that we need, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're going to receive blessings from God. I fully believe that I receive and I get everything that I need through Christ and through God, through his promises, through his promises to Abraham and all the way through the Bible that I can trust in his precepts and his promises because he's true and right and he never gives up and he never gives in and he never changes. the salvation of Christ. Paul tells the Romans that Christ has justified us with his blood. We are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, that we are saved in his life. We have salvation through Christ because of the love of God. Amen? That is where my hope is this morning. And finally, the fellowship of the Spirit. Christ told his apostles, and he makes this promise to them and to us, that I will ask the Father and he will give another helper, that he may be with you forever. That's the Spirit who's going to live in us and through us John says in his personal letter, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. How is that, folks? He says God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he in us. How is all that? Because he has given us his spirit. I can endure anything. I can get through life because I have this spirit inside me, living in me, that gets me through. What difference does hope make? What difference does hope make in your life? Well, it gives us a different place to look. A different way to think 
and a different way to live, a different place to look. The Hebrews writer says, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have a different place to look. We fix our eyes on Jesus. And when my eyes are fixed upon Jesus, when I'm looking at Jesus, I'm not distracted by all the things and all the things going on and all the things said around me, am I? I I don't worry so much about what is said and what happens around me, who's right and who's wrong. When my eyes are fixed upon Jesus, I see the perfect example. And when I see the perfect example, it shows me the way to live my life. I don't have to look right or left or up or down to see the right way to live when my eyes are fixed upon Jesus. A different way to think. Set your minds on things above and not earthly things a different way to think a different way to think about how we deal with other people a different way to think about what is right and what is wrong a different way to think in the decisions that we make the world is telling you constantly how to think and what to think. And God tells us a different way. One that's full of unconditional love. One that respects all people because all people are God's creation and children. Finally, a different way to live. To be strong and to take heart all You who have the hope in the Lord. You see, Christians ought to be these people of power and love and self-discipline. And we ought to be courageous people because we have a promise. We have a hope. It allows us to live a life of joy and of hope. We ought to be people who smile a lot. We ought to be people who are really, really hard to upset. You see, it doesn't matter what people say around us because we're different. Because we get our value from who our Savior is and our end destination and the Spirit dwelling in us. So when someone cuts us off at the intersection or almost runs us over on the bypass, well, we don't have to participate in road rage because we're not like that. We're hard to make upset. We're hard to distract us because we have this hope. 
We don't get upset when the elections go our way or don't go our way. We don't get upset when, when Apple gives us those st stupid upgrades. Right? Because we are a people who live differently because of our hope. Amen? I hope you are. I hope that this changes everything. So this morning, the simple question. Are you living with hope? Are you living with hope? Or have you let the world tumble in and distract you and pull you away and you have forgotten what your hope is? Maybe... Maybe you've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe you've never repented. Maybe you've never confessed him. Can I say to you in a loving, kind way, if you're not in Christ, you have no hope. Just suffering to the end. Maybe this morning... You did have hope, but you've let the world distract you and you need to rededicate your life back to his will and his way. Our elders will be at the back of the auditorium if you would like to talk with them one-on-one -on -one and pray. The front pews are always open for you if you need to respond in that way. Won't you live a life of hope? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.